Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I ever done. I don't know about you, but that's an awesome thing to know. Because I have fallen in love a couple of times before in my life. But one thing about falling in love with Jesus, He loves me in spite of my faults, in spite of my situations, in spite of my circumstances, in spite of my issues. Like I said, I've been married going on 21 years. And some days I know my wife don't love me by the way I act. But I know, and I know, that Jesus Christ loved me. Even when I act bad, even when I act good, even when I'm not worthy to be loved, he still loved me, and I'm glad I have fallen in love with him. Amen to everyone. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Thank you, Lord. On this morning, thank you all for coming out. I, this month, we're going to be looking at relationships. Uh, and what the best place to start at is the relationship of marriage relationship of marriage next week we'll be looking at singleness and then the week after that we'll be looking at overcoming challenges in your marriage and then the week after that we'll be looking at the truth behind sex but today we want to start with marriage and uh, I invite you with your electronic devices or your Bible to turn to Genesis chapter 2 verse 24 Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Um, you all should not have a problem with finding this book because it's the first one in the Bible. Genesis chapter 2, <coughs> verse 24. Let us pray. Father God, we come before you to say thank you. You are amazing. Have your way. Remove me that we may not see me but see you. Speak through me of what I have studied, your word, that we may grow in our relationship of marriage. Lord God, and I pray for those who here who's young and already checked out by the title that they receive this message Lord God that they may help them when they get old and they think about marriage so have your way Lord God there's some marriages in here Lord God that on the outside look good but on the inside it's, it's terrible so we just ask that we be not a sermon evaluators, but sermon applicators. We ask that we receive the message that your word have, Lord God, to speak to us. In the name of Jesus, we need you. I need you, Lord God. Show yourself to be strong. Amen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. 
It says, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. On this morning, I would like to speak to you from the topic, God's design for marriage. God's design for marriage. If I were to ask 10 people, random people, to give me a definition of marriage, we would probably have 10 different meanings. As a matter of fact, when I was uh, studying um, this sermon, I, I looked up some definition of marriage and Psychology of Today, which is a magazine in a recent article, defined marriage as the process by which two people make their relationship public, official, and permanent. It is the joining of two people in a bond that potentially lasts until death. But in practice, it's often cut short by separation or divorce. I went on to the Cambridge Dictionary and it defined marriage as a legal acceptance of relationship between two people in which they live together or the, the official ceremony that results in a long and happy marriage. But then I looked at scripture to, to get the definition of a marriage, and God defined marriage as a covenant, a union that, that he has established between a, a man and a woman for the purpose of procreation of, of godly offsprings and for the, the pleasure within marriage, in the marriage union, and for it to be an example to the world as Christ has married his bride, which is the church. But you and I will have our own definition of marriage. Most of us will define marriage of how we've seen it growing up. I have a chance, uh, the wonderful chance to, to marry a lot of young adults. And, and one of the first things I asked them in premarital counseling is, give me a description of or, or, or some people in your life that you will try to model your marriage after. And it always become funny because uh, most of our young people say, I want my marriage to look like Beyonce and Jay-Z. And as you all giggled, I, I laughed as well. And I said, well, which part of your marriage you want of Beyonce and Jay-Z? You want the part where they land in the bed half naked and she land on his chest and, and all the oil on and they learn, land on fur coats and they, they look like they're in love? Or you want the part of, of Jay-Z and Beyonce married when they're in the elevator and Beyonce's sister beating them up for cheating on her? What, 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 what part of marriage that... That, that you want a Jay-Z and, and, and Beyonce. And, and, and I go on to, to explain, to, to, to give me some, some definition or give me a model of someone you would like to follow in your marriage. And most all of them say, I don't have anyone. Even I, growing up in my household with my mom, 
didn't have the, the model of marriage. So I, I grabbed my definitions from, from things, from glimpses of people marriage. My, my brother and my sister who were older were married, and, and I had a chance to, to grab definition from them at a glimpse because they no longer live with us. So I, I didn't see a pattern of marriage in my life. And, and a lot of us defined our marriage on glimpses of people marriages. But here, I, I declare, if we're going to find out the, the, the true design of marriage, we got to go back to the beginning. We, we got to go back to the beginning where, where, where God starts in Genesis chapter 2, and he defines the divine institution of marriage. Now, this marriage uh, that, that we're going to look at, some of you all may not agree with. But it really doesn't matter to me because God's word supersedes everything. God's word is permanent. God's word is truth, is, is, out, is without error or without fault. And our definition of marriage must come from him if we godly people. And he lays it out here in the design of marriage that we look here in verse 24. He, we we look, here, look here and the first thing we see in God's divine, I mean God designed, uh, that God designed marriage to be between a male and a female. Look what it says. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his, his, his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. It says that, that therefore, man, man shall leave his, his, his father and mother and be joined to his wife. When God designed marriage, watch this, he designed it to be between a man and a woman. When, when, when he set up marriage here in the, in the beginning, it was between a, a, a man and a woman, not a man and a man or, or a woman and a woman. God desired marriage uh, to be between a man and a woman. Watch this. Marriage is, is, is not a social constructed uh, 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 institution. Marriage is a divine institution what God created. And because God is God and he's above everything, because God is, is, is bigger than everything, because God is, 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 is self-existent, because he, he created everything and designed everything, he has the right to give a definition to marriage. And his definition say marriage should be between a man and a woman, not a man and a man and a woman and a woman. And, and, and none of us have the right to change God's definition. We, we don't have the right to change his definition because he's God. He created us and we his creation and he created us so we, su we are to submit to him and his authority. But of course the, the world has this social constructed institution of marriage. The world has, has come and changed the, the definition of marriage because we have this feeling or this preference of what, what we would like to see. But God designed marriage in the beginning bet between a man and a woman. This is God designed a marriage. This, this, the, and, and, and because we, we, we know people and we have relatives and we have friends and we have, we have children that, that operate in, in same-sex attraction, we're trying to bend God's rules to, 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 to fit the world so, so we won't feel like that we we casting them out or, 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 or disgracing them or, or feel like we're giving up on them. No, I don't give up on them. We love them just like God loves us and God loved them just like he loves us. Guess what? But we still got to stand on God. God's word. We still have to stand on God's word. That God designed marriage to be between a man and a woman. This is the first thing we see. The second thing we see in the text in God's design is God designed marriage for man to leave. Watch this. Matter of fact, I thought when I when I said that, I thought a lot of women gonna start clapping on that one, but I, 
I, I, I don't know, but, but, but God designed, watch this, God designed, the second thing we see is God designed marriage for men, man to leave. Watch this. It say, therefore, right? It say, therefore, a man should leave his mother, I mean, his father and mother and be joined to his wife. God designed a marriage that the man should leave. Now, watch this. Now, now this verse is the most quote, misquoted verse in scripture. This, this, this verse is, 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 is the misquoted, is the most misquoted verse in scripture. Because usually what we hear, especially from women, when you ask them, uh, what do they want in a husband? I want a husband that don't live with his mama. I don't, I don't want a man that, that, that living in the basement of his mama. I, I want a grown man. I want somebody to have his own house. I want somebody to have his own things. I want somebody to be responsible and to be able to take care of me. Y'all hear that all the time. That 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 man should should have his own home and should have his own house. But but in the scripture, this leave does not have anything to do with that. This, this scripture that is misquoted so much have nothing to do with that. He said, therefore, a man should leave. So, so watch this. So, so in scripture, if you read scripture, what you will see is that the wife usually leave her family to move in with the man and his family at the, at, in biblical times. In biblical times, the wife would leave her family and move in with her husband while her husband lived with his mother and father. Mm. I see y'all don't believe me. So I'm going to help y'all out. Let's turn, to, let's turn to Genesis chapter 6. We in Bible study. So we in, for those in Bible study, already read this. Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. Watch this. It says, this is, this is God speaking to Noah. He says that, that I will establish my covenant with you and you should go in the ark. You, your sons, your wife, and your son's wife with you. So that tells me when before God was going to destroy the, the earth, the, the wives of, 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 of Noah's sons live with Noah's sons and them and his wife. Watch this. Then let me give you some more evidence because scripture backs itself up. In Genesis chapter 11, verse 33, we, we, we just read this in Bible study. We're looking at Tyra, which is the father of Abram. It said, Tyra took his son, watch this, Abram, and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, his son Abraham's wife or Abram's wife and they went out with them from Ur of Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. So the wife in biblical times and also still today in eastern times the wife will leave her own mother and father join with her husband and then they will live with their parents. Mm. That the husband will stay with his parents. So what does it mean when he says that therefore we must, a man must leave his mother and father? I'm glad you asked. So this word leave actually means to forsake. Watch this. I need y'all listening to this. The word leave actually means to forsake. 
It means to abandon. It means to separate from. So when he says that, therefore, a man should leave his mother and father, what he's saying is that in the, oh, in the biblical times and in Western, I mean, in Eastern times, the relationship that the child had with their parents was 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 prevalent than the, what uh, he um, with the, the relationship that the, the child had with their parents supersede any other relationship. Not like today. Not like in the Western time. So watch this. So because the parent respected, because the child respected their parents so much, God says you have to leave the relationship of your parent and be joined to your wife. Watch this. This is some good stuff. Watch this. Let me, let me, let me bring it home to you. Because the, the children back then respected their parents so highly and had so much honor for their parents. Watch this. They, they will they they honor their parents before they honor their wife. So God says that when, 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 therefore, when you get married, you need to uh, leave your mother and father, which means abandon the relationship you have with them. And now gather with your wife. Watch this. That doesn't mean that I can't honor my mother. That doesn't mean I can't honor my father. But guess what? Your marital relationship should, be, um, should, should, should supersede any other relationship that you have. He said that your marriage relationship uh, 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 should supersede any earthly relationship that you have. And the problems we have with marriage is that people don't let their relate, they marital relationship supersede any other relationship. Watch this. I know, I know, I hear some of y'all. So you saying I can't have a relationship with my mother? No, it's not saying that. It's saying that you got to put your husband before your mother. You saying I can't have a relationship with my father? No, it's saying you got to put your wife before your father. You saying that I can't have a relationship with my sister and brother? No, it's not saying that. It says your marriage relationship got to go before them. Watch this. Well, Pastor, I, you, you, you don't get it. We sandbox. We, we, we from the cradle to the grave. I mean, blood is thicker than water. Watch this. God says when you get married, your wife is thicker than anything. Your husband is thicker than anything. And the problem we have it today is people allow our Outside relationships interfere with the inward relationship that God has set up for marriage. Watch this, watch this. He says, he says, he says that you gotta forsake all relationships. You all other relationships outside of your marriage should be secondary. We we, we got too many relationships in our marriage. We got our buddies in our marriage. We got our girlfriends in our marriage. We got our, our, our co-workers and, and employees in our marriage. We got our brothers and sister relationship in our marriage. Some of y'all marriage so messed up because you got that relationship with Facebook. By the way, if you got any relationship that's causing your spouse to feel uncomfortable, you need to cut that relationship off. Good stuff. I, I, I'm canceling people and they getting divorced because their husband spending too much time on Facebook liking this girl with a dress on. Why are you liking her dress? You need to be liking your wife's dress. Every time my wife step out, I say, baby, you know you look good. You look real good, baby. You look awesome, baby. You look wonderful. See, because you got to understand your wife is a sponge. And the more you fill a sponge up, guess what? The, the sponge can only take so much. So if you dip a dry sponge in, in a bucket of water and you pick it up, the residual is going to drip off. Guess what? So when my wife step out of the house and another man tell her she look good, she can't handle that. She can't take that because she already fooled. Because I already told her before she left out about a hundred times how good she looked. Even when she don't look good, I'm telling her, baby, you look good. You look right to me. I don't care about that. You got to get rid of those other relationships. Yeah. 
all those other relationships you got to get rid of. Marriages are being destroyed because of other relationships. You still in a relationship with your ex. God says you have to forsake those relationships. Those relationships are secondary when it comes to your spouse. My wife had a, a best friend growing up in school, all the way from, from elementary school. They lived in, up northwest together. They were friends, and, and when we got married, there's some things that she were hanging out that my wife couldn't hang out no more. Because we married, and we were young, so we, we got married in our 20s, so, you know, we still had that party in us, you know. But, 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 but there were some things we had to cut back, because if I got to come in at a certain time, you definitely got to come in at a certain time. <laughs> you ain't going to be hanging out while I'm here with these babies. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you got to come in, too. So, so some things that she had to cut off, some, some relationships she had to make secondary. And because she made that decision, one of her best friends, who, who they loved each other and grew up together, not even friends anymore. You got to understand, if you're one of those friends, that you got to help that marriage. You got to help that marriage grow. You got to help that marriage. You got to tell them, go home. You got to tell your children, don't come to me with your problem. You need to go home and talk to your spouse. You got to tell them as a friend, look, you need to get that thing together. You hanging out all night with these people and that people. You need to be hanging with your husband or with your wife. He said that we got to forsake. We got to get rid of. We got to abandon all these other relationships. And it's interesting to me that you agree to this. When you got married, you agree to abandon these relationships. You, you agree to it. No, no, I didn't, Pastor. I ain't agree to that. Yes, I hear y'all. I hear y'all. I hear y'all. Yes, you did. You, you agreed to it. You, you agreed to it because I know. Because when we perform or when we, when we officiate a wedding, you get red vows. And, 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 let, and let me help y'all. You, 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 get, you get red vows. And, and it says at this time, you have the, the, the man and the woman standing before the altar as God is our witness. As God is our witness, you stand here and you say, and the pastor or the person who officiated would say, repeat these vows after me. So we would say, to the husband, repeat after me. You promise, and I would throw your name in there. I, Thomas, promise, and you would say, I, Thomas, promise. Unless you like me, when the pastor said, I Colin, I said, I Colin, my name ain't E Colin. I was so nervous, <laughs> like what I'm getting into. But you say, I Thomas promise, watch this, to love her, to comfort her, to honor and keep her for better and worse, for richer or poor, in sickness and in health, and forsaken all others yeah. to be faithful for the rest of our lives. So once the husband say that, I call the wife up. And I say, say, I Tanya. And you know, you, you think you're in love. And you, I Tanya. And I say, repeat after me, I Tanya. I Tanya. Promise to love him. Watch this. To comfort and honor 
and keep him for better or for worse, for richer or for poor, in sickness and in health, and forsaken all of us, be faithful for the rest of our lives. Every one of us who stood before official in a marriage stated those uh, uh, vows. And now you have a problem with being forsaken others. You have a problem. Now you don't even want to be around your husband. You don't even want to be around your wife. You want to hang out with the boys at happy hours all the time. You want to hang out with the girls at happy hour all the time. God says you got to forsake those relationships. You got to put some relationships to the side. You got to make sure those relationships are secondary. And again, that doesn't mean you can't hang out. I, I, I got some friends, me and my friends from Northeast, we get together occasionally. They would like to get together more, especially the ones that ain't married. But I say, man, I am married. I got to go home. And you know what they say? Oh, you hand-pecking. You definitely right. I'm pecking all day long because I got too much to lose, baby. <laughs> hey, I'm real with it. I got too much to lose because my wife leave, I'm leaving with her. I'm staying right with her. He says, you got to forsake those relationships. He said, you got to put them relationship secretary. So he says, and God designed a marriage. He said, the first thing that marriage is designed to be between a man and a woman. The second thing, he said, marriage is uh, designed uh, for man to lead, to forsake all other relationships. And the third thing, I'm out your way. He said that marriage, God designed marriage to be inseparable. Inseparable. Watch this. He says that he said, God, he says, be joined. Watch this. He said, be joined. He says, be joined to your wife, and they shall become one flesh. One flesh. They shall become one flesh. I like this because this is a process. He says that the man shall leave his mother and father. Respect, re, 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 you got to uh, forsake all relationship and now be joined too. Now be joined too. Now, now the New King James Version or, or some of the ESE, ESV versions, it would say cleave to. It would say you got to leave and cleave. But this word join and cleave mean the same thing. It actually means, this word joined or cleave, it means to adhere to or to stick or to attach by a strong tie. So it says that if you, if you have the, the wife, which, which represents the blue right here, and then you have the husband, which represents the red. And he says that you got to be joined together. See, 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 a lot of us in marriage, we want to just think we join together. See, but if I take this here apart, we easily can be divided. Because we join in together in our marriage ourselves. But in marriage, what happened, because marriage is a covenant... And because it's a bonding together and a joining together, what you need is you need God to put this thing together because he is the creator of marriage. So God will represents this super glue or this, this crazy glue. <laughs> See? And what God does is because when you say, when you in the marriage, God represents the super glue as a bonding. A covenant. And he said the marriage is supposed to, as a husband, you're supposed to be joined to your wife. 
and your wife supposed to be joined to you. So now what will happen is that when you say I do in the witness of God, it now becomes a covenant, which is a bond that God has set up and ordained for marriage. So now God presses you together because marriage is supposed to be inseparable. And he presses you together that you may be joined together and fit together because marriage is the only relationship that God has ordained to stand forever while we here on earth. Watch this. So God never had the intention for man to be separated, to be divorced. Because he has set up marriage as a covenant, which a covenant cannot be broken. So God has put you together as husband and wife. He said joined. Joined means to adhere, to, to stick to to to, 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 to be tied together with a strong tie. And I, I really wish I can explain this like, like the picture give, the definition of, 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 of joining together means to be placed together without any breakage. And the problem is, is that when we get married, we, 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 we be married so long, or some of us don't even be married that long, but we start to get tired of each other. We don't, we don't want to be married no more. I, I don't love him no more. I, I, don't, I don't like her no more. She, she just not fulfilling no more. She, she lost a step or he lost a step or his stomach got too big or, or she got too big. Or, I mean, I, I just don't know. It's not the same person that I, I used to date. It was, it's not fun anymore. I need to move on. And what happened is that we caused, let these things that God has put together, watch this, that God has sealed together, that God has pressed down together that we may be inseparable, not only inseparable as human beings, but inseparable in everything. We should be inseparable in our, uh, in our financial situation too. Too many of us in marriage, we got separate, separate finances. You pay your bills and I'm going to pay mine. But God said we should be inseparable in our finances. This speaks to all of them. We, we inseparable in how we're going to lead the children and how we're going to guide the children. We're not inseparable in how we're going lead, to lead and guide the children. So what we do, we separate that thing. You discipline on Monday and Tuesday. I'll discipline on Wednesday and Thursday. You do this and I'll do this. But God says that we're supposed to be inseparable. And he's pressing this because he said that we should be joined together as one. He says that in our marriage, we should be joined together as one. We, we should be one. We should be inseparable. And what happens is because we get frustrated in our marriage, because we, we think that the grass is greener on the other side, and, and you got to understand that this is a covenant, and a covenant cannot be broken. The only thing can break a covenant, a marriage, is death. That's the way God set it up. Marriage is supposed to be inseparable. So now what happened is we come and we find issues with each other and we start separating each other. And what happens is now when we separate it, both of us are divorced and we still got issues of ourselves and of the other person with us. So now you divorce and you, you remarried and you got everything together and you think life is good, but you still got the stains of the first marriage.
Now you you divorcing and, and you living your best life. You going to the Essence Festival with your girlfriends because you ain't tied down no more. And now you still got the stains of your husband from the first marriage. Now you trying to date and you still got the same issues that you had with the first marriage because you still got the stains from your other wife, from your other wife. And now because you're not inseparable no more, you have torn away what God has put together to be forever. Now your marriage is messed up and now now it affects everybody. He said that we need to be joined together as one, be inseparable, and now everything is affected. When you get a divorce, everything is affected. The children is affected. The animals is affected. The home is affected. Our community is affected. Our country is affected because now you live in a single home and sing in different homes, and you're not even together. So now, guess what? It makes God look bad because you came to the church, and when you came to the church and you got pre marital counseling from me, one of the second questions I ask you is, why are you coming to the church to get married? And most of you all would say, because I want to do it right by God. It's amazing how we want to get connected right by God, but when things don't go right, we want to go to man and get get them to tell what God put together up. I don't know about you, but I'm just trying to help you. God designed marriage to be inseparable. He desired marriage to be, to be standing according to his will. He desired marriage to be a relationship here on earth that lasts for eternity. He, 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 marriage is supposed to last. So be joined together and become one. Become one. I like that word become because it's a process. It's not something that happens overnight. It takes work to be united. It takes work and it's constant work because all of us are changing as we get older. Our priority change, our thinking change. And it takes work and he says, are you willing to work for your marriage? Are you willing to work this thing out? Because God designed marriage to be inseparable. And we too quick to give up. We too quick to turn it in. And they asked three scriptural reasons for us to get out of marriage. There, there, there are three scriptural reasons. There are three biblical reasons for us to get out of marriage. I, I hesitate to tell y'all because y'all probably take that and say, I'm out of here. <laughs> but there are three scriptural reasons. One is abandonment. Meaning your spouse just walk away. Leave you alone. Just, you come home one day and nothing in the house. Just walked out of your life. That's one reason. The second one is sexual immorality. Meaning that your, your spouse committed adultery. That's, that's, that's one of them. But you got to understand that God forgave you so many times, you got to forgive them a couple of times too. And the next one is, y'all don't want to hear that though. Nah, he, he cheated. I'm out of here. I'm, I'm gone, Pastor Pew. I, I know it's hard. I, I don't want to go through it. I know it's hard. But, but, but we got to work at it because people can't change. People can't be restored. Marriages can be restored and made hold again. So many testimonies of people been cheating on their on spouse and now they're together and they're faithful and their marriage is strong and vibrant. Because they were willing to reconcile. They were willing to get right with God. And the third one is death. That's biblical grounds of a separation in your marriage. Those are three biblical grounds. 
and death don't mean you kill them. Because I know some of y'all saying, hey, uh, that's a good one right there, Pastor Pew. I'm going to take them out. I'm going to make sure I, when I crash, it crash on their side, not my side. But marriage is supposed to be inseparable. It's supposed to be an example to the world of how Christ loved the church. And Christ never gave up on you. So why are you so quick to give up on your marriage? God said this is his design for marriage. His design that he had set up. That marriage should be between a man and a woman. That man should leave other relationships and, and keep his marriage relationship and she should keep her marriage relationship priority. And the third one is marriage is inseparable. Don't quit so easy. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's difficult. And we're going to look at that when we, we talk about overcoming challenges in your marriage. My marriage, 20 years, we, we happily married, but we had some issues. And one thing we always said was that divorce is not going to be an answer. Because I didn't grow up in a home with a pattern or example of marriage. And me and my wife decided when we got married at a young age in our 20s that we're going to give our children an opportunity to see what true marriage looked like. And so far, we have fulfilled that. I'm not going to say we may not make it past next week, but right now, we good. Right? We good right now, right? Okay. I'm just checking. You know, we change in a minute. You know? Y'all be looking for a new pastor. <laughs> pastor, pre I can see the headline now. Pastor, preach on marriage and go home and get a divorce. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Let me stop playing. I'm joking. But. But no, 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 serious. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to help people fight for their marriage. And some of you will probably already got a divorce. And you're saying, well, 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 what about me? God says, guess what? Because you didn't know, I'm going to show you some grace. But now that you know, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. So guess what? We, we make mistakes. And thank God that he's a forgiving God. And guess what? Not only do he forgive you for getting a divorce, he also forgave you for your sin that you have committed. And he showed it on a cross. As you stand on your feet today, I don't know where you are spiritually, but God died on a cross to show you how much he loved you, to show you how much he forgive you. You didn't deserve his death, but he did it for you.